You're listening to DraftKings Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's it. We did it. We have completed a month of Women's World Cup shows. We, as in me, Alexis hasn't, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm excited uh, to be joined today on the Cool Against Women's World Cup Daily, our final episode of this series with dear friend, and you've seen her on uh, CBS as the attacking third. Give it up for Christine Kubo. Jazz hands. No, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I hit the, the wrong button. I'm happy to have had the absolute, uh, possibly the best World Cup final we've ever seen. Really? Okay. I mean, that's a bold statement. I mean, I guess it's, uh, as Americans, we we probably tend to say it's the best World Cup final we've ever seen because England lost. Whenever England loses, <laughs> it's like, man, I can't, I can't even imagine a better World Cup. Objectively, though. Objectively. If we're not licking our wounds and being all, yeah, oh, yeah. Poor, is, poor me, America. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the highest level playing that we've seen, prettiest football, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and usually the women's World Cups are more goal filled than the men's side, but yeah. No, this and was... I've been to a couple, but yeah, unfortunately missed this one in real life. Sure. But uh, fantastic to watch. On yeah, the this was a uh, a real I don't know tactical battle here where we're we've been talking about it. Uh, like kind of ad, ad nauseum, where the, the clearly the the quality and the the technical ability of, uh, of of players on a lot of the countries is just so different from 2019 to now. It's just like it, it isn't. It's not about pace and power exclusively. It's not about just the fastest team wins or whatever or the most athletic team wins. It is truly you're seeing technical ability flourish and it being such an important part of, uh, you know, whether a team uh, succeeds or fails. So Christians, it's almost like if you incrementally invest Mm. in your women's (laughs) side. Yeah. They improve. It's it's a crazy idea. And thanks to uh, you know FIFA president Gianni Infantino, we get the inspirational messages that all we got to <laughs> do is just push a couple doors down. Okay, or, or or is it a sliding door? Is it, what kind of door are we working with? Okay, <laughs> I don't know. But does he realize that he's making it like the sign says push on the door, but it's a pull door at this point? <laughs> right. It, I, I can't tell. Uh, you know what? It, it's it's a, we'll break it down because we want I want to play that because uh, we haven't uh, had. A chance to talk about it but yeah a lot to a lot to go over so hello everybody it's the cooligans buddy the uh my name is christian polanco i'm excited about uh, uh today spain spain are the champions of the world uh at the moment uh it, i believe it's uh, what is, is it the second or third uh, spain are the second or third country to uh for the men and women tied to win a world second, cup second. just germany okay. germany, germany okay spain so uh a huge accomplishment obviously we'll, we'll go through 
all the storylines. Obviously, there's a, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to Spain uh, winning this World Cup because, yeah, a lot of people didn't want them to win. Uh, maybe even some of the players yeah. didn't want to win. <laughs> so, so it's a very confusing kind of uh, uh, story, but we'll kind of break down as much uh, as we can. And uh, and we'll try to focus on uh, what, what does England do now? I mean, because uh, outside of just having us kind of make fun of them a little bit. Here's the thing. England should be proud of their performance. Sure. They possibly have the best side they've ever had for their women. They are formidable. They played their game. They just weren't all there today. Errors were made. They were exploited. Some of the show out players for this tournament, Lucy Bronze, had an error that ended up being converted into a goal for Spain. What? Yeah. What was she? She was just like, yo, I'm taking this. I'm going. I'm going. Leroy James. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going hoop to hoop. I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take this myself. And and that that decision led to. Her not being in position to defend, and the the yeah. uh, um, Olga I mean, Carmona ends up scoring. Carmona was on fire today. Uh, there were a lot of players that I kind of expected to see, like that Hemp Paredes matchup today, where sure. they kind of did battle. I, th I thought Hemp, Hemp was is great. Gonna be, yeah. yeah, she's always going to be a force. She's just she's a great footballer. Although I did especially appreciate that Carmona literally sat her down around the <laughs> 90th minute. I, it just, she literally just shook her and sure. she collapsed. And I was like, oh, I'm going to pretend like that's never happened to me before. <laughs> but I felt the embarrassment where you're kind of like locked in and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, okay, she's just going to go around me and dribble. But mm -hmm. Spain's holdup play is remarkable. They have such patience and it's just so uh, composed. That, yeah. you know, at one point we watched them kind of just pivot into their own little rondo. Which <laughs> yeah. Well, even, yeah, with regardless of how much England pressed, Spain were always well, able to... Well, that's the thing. And also, you can't assume. So, Serena Weigman is one of the world's best football mm -hmm. managers. All in. She's brilliant. She's able to pivot. She knows how to sort of be amenable. Oops, sorry. I'm going to just oh, break all me. the tables. <laughs> I'm breaking the glass tables. Table. Um, You're supposed to break the glass ceiling, not the table. <laughs> That's what's holding me back. Sorry, I have to mansplain this to you, Christine. But, but you're doing it. You're doing womaning Un wrong. Unfortunate. Anyway. I'll, do, I'll do better. I promise. I promise. God, that's embarrassing. Um, no, but... Serena is is known to be able to pivot and be able to change on the fly and her squads as well. They trust her so much. You saw the second half that she switched to, to 4-3-3 that, you know, you had Lauren James come on. It was a tale of two halves for them. But I still think that they did brilliantly for what they had. They just play a wildly different game from Spain. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And uh, more than anything, I think the I, I thought England played a great game. I mean, uh, uh, Serena Vigman at the after the game, she, she she said basically like Spain were just a little bit uh, better than we were. And it's and I think that's exactly well put. The uh, was it Hemp that hit the crossbar in the shot? I forgot who took the shot. I think um, it was. Yeah. And was. Uh, look, if that goes in, and that was very early. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it was a very open game for what it was. Right. And obviously you're not going to get points for possession or mm -hmm. that game would have gone to Spain instantly. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, but with that being said, you know, it was anyone's match. And there were moments for sure, for me at least, 
where when Spain were out of possession, they seemed a little bit more disorganized than you would normally expect of that Spain side. And mm -hmm. that was where I got a little shaky, where you know that England are going to exploit that every chance that they can get. You know, they kind of start running over each other. You have someone loose. And fortunately for Spain, that, that never came to fruition. But yeah. very evenly matched. Uh, Greenwood's injury coming yeah. off a, who was that, Parayuelo, which was unfortunate. Coming back out with, like, the head bandage, which for me, like, harkens back to a lot of the U.S. women's national team <laughs> players who have now storied careers having <laughs> head injuries or bleeding from the head at some point that just kind of hammered back. So you kind of were like, hey, is that going to turn, you know, turn yeah. the key? Sometimes that is the little trigger point that says like, oh, yeah, OK. I thought the the, the decision to start uh, Salma Parayuelo over uh, Alexia Putellas was that's a that was a big decision. And because Parayuelo has been amazing coming off the bench. And, and I was a little bit nervous in the second half where I'm like, man, wouldn't it be great if Parayuela just came off the bench right now? And I'm like, oh, wait, she's already there. She's already there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of that this tournament had to do with uh, Puteas coming back from her ACL right, right, injury. Right. But Puteas has not been there's great. There's always been the the expectation that Puteas would rise to the occasion, right? So sure. she had an assist this tournament. She didn't have any goals. It felt very much like waiting for her mm -hmm. to kind of turn the page. And I just don't think we saw that. So it made sense that Parayuelo managed to get the start again. Kind of expected her to be more decisive when she came off the bench, though, today. Puteas especially. Sure. Uh, no, just a, a good uh, performance. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say. When you were talking about their, their composure... The, the in the second half, especially when England made the subs they needed to make, bring on a little bit of energy. Uh, Spain just like they weren't really phased. There was there's something to um, th there's a video going around that went viral of Alfonso Davies doing some podcast and and t uh, talking about when he first got to Bayern Munich and he went, like with the mentality that he had. He thought he was like, oh, to, I thought I had to be like Neymar. I thought I had to have like tricks and moves and I have all this technical ability and then I get to Bayern uh, and I'm uh, uh, playing with like Thomas Muller and he's like Muller is has no swag no moves <laughs> my man can't even can barely run he has no speed but you can't get the ball off of him he the guy he's just he he specifically says uh, uh, Alfonso Davies is like his first touch is what makes him completely world class his first touch will always Put the ball in the position that you're not, and he and the football IQ is just kind of crazy, and that's is that's all I was thinking watching Spain. I'm like, I know they're tired. Yeah, I'm tired watching this yes, game. Yes, for sure. There's no way England they're not tired. Were definitely gassed too. You could see. There's no way that you're chasing Spain around for 90 plus minutes <laughs> and being like, ah, I feel good. That was a nice. <laughs> you know? Especially when you look at a player like Parayuelo, who's a, also a 400 meter Olympic hurdler. Right, right. Okay? The 400 meter is one of the hardest races to run. I know that was my event. Okay, like it's a full well, out sprint. Well, uh, there's a lot of Americans She's listening. Gas. Right. Okay. There's and she only recently <laughs> pivoted to full time footballer. So. Right, right. She's got that like more more than one dog in her. Is uh okay, 400 meters. There's a lot of Americans uh listening and watching. What is that? Oh, what is that? Like from here to the air conditioner <laughs> or what? That's not even that's not even going to be a 55 indoor Christian. You know what? We'll I'm work just, on our metric system. Okay. In, been, in the office. Ever ever it. since the uh, US Sweden millimeter, I'm like, "Hi, right, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> <laughs> You're introducing <laughs> 
<laughs> education What's system. What's the conversion you're holding up? Fingers? <laughs> Listen, I saw some tweets this World Cup with people trying to convert the what we refer to in America as military time. Right. And half of the world cackling at us. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't get it. I get it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Like sometimes uh, when whenever I go to England and I'm like uh, on the on the tube or whatever, and then you just like <laughs> glance at other other people's phones. On the tube wearing your jumper going to your flat. <laughs> okay. I'm relatable enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you look at other people's phones and you see, uh, you know, the, you know, it says like, 15, 18 or something. And you're like, all right, what's it? Is your phone defective? Why? <laughs> you look over like, yeah, something's wrong with your time. Why are you in my... <laughs> 15 o'clock was... That was a while ago, bro. Nah, yeah, bro. It's know. 15 o'clock. I was supposed to be there at 17 o'clock. I don't know what time is that. So, yeah, okay. We do things a little bit differently out here because, you know, uh, the American ed education system is just uh, it's a little flawed. I know yeah, some people that just do the military time on their phones just like in the United States. I'm like, that's a total hard-o move. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, bro. What, what do you do? You're doing too much, yeah, bro. You know that they work for some sort of like healthcare service. Lockheed, <laughs> Lockheed Martin. Cops. Yeah, yeah they're definitely, they're not civilians. War profits. <laughs> Put it that yeah. way. That's who I'm hanging out with. All so, <laughs> um, so this is, um, look, the, 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 so let's get into obviously Spain winning is obviously, you know, a, a, it's, a, it's a big deal. Their first World, uh, Women's World Cup. And, uh, but, but the issue, the, the, the cloud over this team is um, their federation and their coach. And uh, we've spoken about this a little bit throughout the, the tournament, but we haven't mentioned, there, there is a thread that was written by Michael Emilio, who is a photographer. Uh, and I guess he, I don't know where he works in particular, but the, 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 the thread went viral. Okay. And... Uh, and it just these are just the bullet points. These are kind of the specifics about why the the the, the Spanish players uh, kind of protested, and a lot of them didn't even play in this World Cup. Uh, that a lot of the names that we're kind of familiar with. Uh, but here's just a, a quick rundown. So, uh, here, so here are some of the complaints. Lack of privacy. And it says in the tweet, uh, Jorge Vida infamously prohibited players to lock their hotel room doors while on national team duty with Spain. I've mentioned that before because that's, uh, that's one of the things I heard. Uh, the other mention is lack of rest, uh, that, that there was a lack of kind of uh, rotating players, a lack of medical assistance. Uh, it says uh, the, the, federate, the Spanish Federation would not invest properly into the Spanish women's national team, causing injuries to be commonplace, lack of nutritionists, lack of match analysis and tactical understanding, low quality training sessions. And it continues, says, as players reported to have been in a worse physical shape when returning to their respective clubs after having been on national team duty. So if you have, were watching uh, the celebrations uh, with, the, with the trophy or just being excited about winning, winning World Cup, you saw all the players completely ignore their coach. They, 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 don't, they don't give them pretty much any credit. Uh, even when players get subbed off and a coach is, you know, shakes yeah, hands. Usually high five, high five, get bumped, little, no, yeah. None of that. So clearly the, the players are doing this in spite of, uh, of their coach. And, and and the federation and the, the players have been very upfront and saying they don't want him as their coach. The federation said, nope, we're keeping him. And th th there's also more details of like, um, I, I and this is all sort of conspiracies and stuff like that. But Vilda is like 
I don't know if he's it's not related or something, but he was like a voter for something, and and people think that he got the job because out of a oh, favor, like tying it through. Yeah, so some and sort they're of like, no, we're not gonna. At play. Yeah, we're not gonna get rid of him because <clears> you know whatever. I think that some of those details are less important than the road that kind of paved the way for these women to actually win this final. Yeah, I think it was in the management of these demands. I think the initial reaction is very telling in that they the fa really decided to go with the news cycle at its next possible convenience yeah to sort of create this narrative of these these players are betrayers of spain and you know it's it's a you problem not an us problem which is just more than unreasonable i it's very understated that I say that. Yeah, and, but, and I just want to add the, <clears throat> the the actual word that the that they use that the players were labeled as blackmailers mm -hmm. uh, uh, by by certain fans and media, uh, and that's yeah. And this is it, it was a the, so the, the intention was for the players to bring this up privately, and the federation made it public. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So there were the captains who were tasked with delivering this letter, whether or not they were signatories on it. Mm -hmm. They were in support of it, delivered it to hear their fellow players out. Uh, and instead of it being a a meeting even sure. to, to rehash what the issues are, which these are all very reasonable asks, whether you're in playing a football game or life in a, yeah, in yeah. a business, you know, like, especially as women. Right. And this kind of feeds back into sort of Infantino's quote more recently, which I'm sure we'll get to. But the fact that there wasn't even an understanding that maybe we should collaborate on making this better and the instant knee-jerk reaction was, yeah. you're all wrong. And as an aside, because there's been a lot of what about or actually is today even directed my way online, is even if these were hypothetical situations, if you have 15 of your players come to you with a request, demand, and they're willing to work with it, which that was how it was framed initially, is like, we're willing to work with you, we wanna see our needs met. Yeah. Even if it's not significant, substantial, or super duper uh, explosive, like, oh my God, gas, which we've seen unfortunately a lot in WOSO, yeah. you still hear them out. Yeah, this at the very least, this doesn't um, the way the the Spanish Federation kind of responded feels a little bit like y'all are being like a dismissive, y'all are being emotional kind right. of a thing. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the requests, and it's like it's just like workplace yeah. condition yes. things yes. that you would think uh, that doesn't seem that uh, to be as much emotion in it as as there is like principle, right? right? So when you hear some of the players that didn't want to come back. They were just like, no, I'm standing by, you know, my right. principles and this is what I believe. And that that is why I'm not playing. And, and on the other side of that coin is no player looks at a World Cup as not the greatest crowning achievement of your career. Even if you don't win, mm -hmm. you've, you've now played in a World Cup. Yeah. You're not going to turn that down. Yeah. Okay? yeah it has to be very right? serious like, for you and, to turn and it down. And that's just the serious. Right. There's a certain amount of weight carried there. That yeah for sure should have been taken far more seriously than it had been. That's yeah. just incomprehensible to me. Yeah, so it does seem like a an institutional issue. I'd say institutional failure across the board, but also women have been asked, especially in this particular sport, I can't speak to many of the others because I'm just not in the weeds there, mm -hmm. to achieve and succeed and win 
in every single facet without having a modicum of support in the right direction under the worst conditions in less than what the men would be expected to perform under, which is just not reasonable. We're right, playing right. the same game. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, I mean, look, it's, Unfair is like the easy way to kind of uh, uh, describe it, and uh, but it, it just even the the, the requests or just uh, or the complaints themselves seem incredibly reasonable. It, none of them are like the coach was mean to me. Nobody right. nobody's like but saying also it that. Wasn't like P.S. I would like a pony. X.O. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you're you're asking for things that are yeah. reasonable within your scope of work. I yeah. think one of the interesting thing is too. It's like a lot of these players, since they all play for the same club team at Barca, like one of the yeah, best clubs Barca, in the world. They're like you see what they're like. Real. What are we doing? Like we have everything we could ever want at our disposal for our clubs, and then you go to like the national team and like. For what it's worth, also not a small national team, like a massive national team, and their resources are just bad. It's crazy. I mean, it's also a wonder how the actual club teams hadn't gotten more involved because even if you want to look at it as these players are commodities mm -hmm. in which we are invested and expect a yield, for sure, you can't keep receiving your players back. Yeah, the club should a be diminished state. even yeah. more. I mean, the, the you know, like, and I'm saying that as like, if you want to oversimplify it and don't make it a human issue and you just want it as like, there are commodity as a business, yeah. mm -hmm. you're still not in the greatest shape as a club to be receiving your players. Right. Back that and way. that, and which is why FIFA pays the clubs for releasing their players. That is <laughs> a, a part of the bonus uh, of, of like, mm -hmm. because they know that they, the clubs themselves are the, are the ones who have made the investment in, not only paying the players, but in their training, in their health. Uh, so it only benefits. So it's almost like it's complicit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is a it's a handshake. It's a business. I mean, this is the the. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? It, this is the um, the business model of and and the way FIFA continues to you know, be the only player in the game. I mean, they, they run literally global football. And yeah. the reason that happens is because everybody beneath them agrees like, all right, you're going you're gonna to run things. You're going to give us money for whatever, uh, you know, you make the rules or do whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um, Which has worked out great. See also <laughs> the FIFA documentary. <laughs> so uh, what could go wrong? Uh, so no, I mean, it, it's a, um, there, there, there should be some, uh, some better like I don't know I'm not understanding but just like a I mean th this is why Infantino's comments are just more annoying because it's just it doesn't reflect what the what progress looks like what, sh what it should look like or what even even if it's like a wildly corrupt business model you're still not like you're not playing the game of the corruption either right you know what I mean like you could be phony even just be like we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that women's football is is on the is on par and bringing in the same amount of money as as men's football. And it's like, but no, that's not what he says. He goes, you gotta push down, <laughs> push down the doors, ladies. And it's like, bro, I want to help you. And we're like, bro, you're at the top of the mountain. What do you mean? You're like, the one that makes the decisions and helps create change, and you're telling us to help us help you. <laughs> I don't. At what point? Like, I much prefer like. Today I feel gay, Infantino. Right, to right, right. This speech. What was, a, he mean, must be the worst media trained, like <laughs> incredibly important person. I am like, convinced if time. he's not just like riffing, right, he right. has his speechwriter absolutely detests. Yeah, him. his speech, the speechwriter is like, well, yeah, I didn't write this. Don't blame me. I had nothing to do with this. I didn't say that part. <laughs> My man he's is going rogue. He's literally pulling like a I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like, they're like, yeah, yeah, say that, say that, man, say that. Uh, so let, let's it's play. Like, it's like impractical jokers. Someone's like in the back. Is <laughs> okay, like, no, no, now yeah, just like, okay, say this now. Say this. Say it today. You. Oh my god, he actually said it. Bro, it's gonna be great on TBS when. When True the, TV, yeah. I'm sure TV. <laughs> the behind the scenes gonna be crazy. Uh, Next up, his ditty of like, I feel pretty. So pretty. That'd be. I, I want to make a. That'd be a fun little edit to make because you could make that. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a <laughs> meme up. We'll put a meme we'll, up. We'll later. figure it out. Somebody do that, I guess. I don't know. We'll meme it up. But we created it, so make sure you credit me. <laughs> so let, let's just hear Gianni Infantino's comments. Just a uh, just a couple uh, seconds of it. I say to all the women. That you, I say to all the women. Everyone, whenever you start with "I say to all the women," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, bro, this guy's gonna deliver some some gold right now." Uh, we could do like an easy one to one translation. That I I tell to all the women. Actually, <laughs> okay, here goes. Here goes. I say to all the women that you have the power to change. The other women just forcefully clapping. Like, <laughs> the eye, the, you could hear the eyes rolling as he says. <laughs> All right, hold on. Oh wait, hold on. There we go. Pick the right battles. Pick the right fights. You have the power to change. You have the power to convince us men what we have to do and what we don't have to do. You do it, just do it. With me, with FIFA, you will find open doors. Just push the doors. They are open. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> this is a, a tweet from, uh, a, this is from on Sky Sports that we're watching this, but the tweet, it's kind of cut off, but I think it says, uh, oh, Ada Hegerberg of, of Norway, she wrote, uh, working on a little presentation to con to convince men. Who's in? <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you, it's just the, um, I mean, there's a lot to kind of go through there, but the, the you know, about, you can convince us men. Like, I, I sometimes, I'm like trying to think of it in, in, give them as much benefit of the doubt like if if a woman said that speech is it inspiring in any way right i'm just like hypothetically thinking like is there a way that this is like he he means means well by this and there's just really even a woman said this i'm like what are you talking about like what what it's not even about like whose side are you on it's just a it's not the it's not the inspirational message that you think it is right it is you're you're trying to inspire people to um be combative with uh, you're the boss right and you're like fight fight me on the, as if like you are people not as screaming from the roof right, as if we <laughs> haven't been doing that all along but also outside of world football every single minute of our existence yeah and then on top of that we watched the u.s women the fight that they went through just to get equal pay yeah yeah and how long that dragged out and the amount of just like derogatory comments thrown their way and just overall ridicule and completely fabricated information that was regurgitated in a spin cycle of information. The doors weren't the doors weren't open. The doors weren't open. People were literally holding the <laughs> other the other side of the door, not allowing it to Even open. Even if that were not the case, my question that I pose, and I've already said this, is why is the onus on women 
right, to right. fight for anything 100%. that the men are already given. Why is it that we're not just expected to have these things to be able to do our jobs to the best of our capabilities? Yeah. Why do we have to keep pushing? Why do we have to ask properly at the right time in the right tone and say please and, and beg for men's help to do anything? You are like in, you're at the top of an organization where you're in the position to exact change more quickly and readily than anyone is anywhere else. Yeah. And you're looking to us to tell us, hey, you know what? Maybe if you smile more. <laughs> it was, and he said this at like a, it was like a summit, right? It was like right. a women's football summit or something in in, uh, in right. Sydney, I think. Like what got me is like, ask for the right things in the right way. Excuse me? Yeah, it, it was a little bit. The, We're asking for things you know that we should have. Why do I have to phrase it in mm -hmm. a way that's okay with you? Yeah, I think the the thing that's even more sort of out of touch or just like, I, I don't I don't know who he's speaking to exactly, right? Bro, um, I don't he's think he the knows. one who could make the decision. It's like, dude, <laughs> but, you could give yeah. the money. But think about think, think, think about the people in that room. There had to be a lot of influential people in the room, even also influential women in world football. And it, so the, it didn't sound like he was talking to the fans that want equality and, and want more of a just a more fairness in the sport. It felt like he was talking to like a like a TED talk or like a business meeting where he's telling you know where my office is, Janet. <laughs> Come in. <Yeah>. Just <laughs> put I the do. proposal on my table. I, I, do, I, I do, right? I do believe as someone who's worked in corporate and understands how that dynamic works, that there are probably a percentage of women that were in that room that truly did probably believe whatever it is that he was saying that would fall into a bucket and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's right. Like, we just need to figure out how to, how to do this better. Whereas there's certainly a more sane portion of that population that we're kind of ready to throw their hands up. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of just forge forward because that's <laughs> what we do. What, what's the alternative, right? All women leave FIFA as an organization. And then what? Then yeah. what's the worst alternative? It's like we don't get to do that. You don't get to withdraw your time, your effort, your energy, your support, your money. Because otherwise, nothing will really happen. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it makes even bigger joke out of the fact that he's like, all you got to do is push the door. Yeah. What do you think we've been it, doing? It, what's, what sucks is that this that Gianni Infantino is progress in women's football because Seth Blatter was the uh, hey, why don't you wear some shorter shorts, ladies? Like, and this is but and this is the progress, but this is the, the snail's pace that we sort of get it at. <laughs> it's it, almost, it makes me so angry I can cry sometimes <laughs> because you see the progress and you hope that it continues to move forward. And then when you look at everything contextually as a whole, you're yeah. Like, we haven't really made it very far. Like I am a thousand percent on board. We should celebrate every single milestone, even if it's a centimeter gained, but you don't have the luxury ever. Again with the centimeter, the <laughs> mill <laughs> okay. millimeter, kilometer. You don't get to rest because you can lose that exact measurement just as quick, if not more. Right, it's right. just, it's yeah. unfair. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, um, you know, that's like my the, the frustrating thing for me is like I'm like I'm thinking about who he's talking to and then it just feels like it it's it, it, it offers it's so condescending it's too. condescending and offers no inspiration whatsoever it doesn't feel genuine really at all oh, it's not genuine it's you, just, you know with him it's not genuine push the doors all right 
Wait, all right, I guess. Like, what does that look like exactly? Yeah, just just that, do that, it. Just what? push the door. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like he's gaslighting everyone and just like, you know. Well, that's so what it is, right? Easy. It's very, yeah. it's it's extremely gaslighting. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, it's I'm making, a support. It's not me. It's these other people I work with. It's making the assumption that like we haven't been working toward yeah. change yeah. for an entire global sport for mm-hmm. probably as long as it's been played. It's right. just... Yeah, just uh, look. Yeah, uh, look, if I was writing the speech, uh, even if I if I even if there was uh, uh, if, if, if I was writing it for someone that was not not even genuine about those beliefs, yeah. I, I would throw in a billion virtue signal it like we, you know, we're changing uh, world football. Next World Cup is we don't even know where the next women's World Cup is going to be. Right. <laughs> so it's just like give me a break. Like broadcasting rights were undecided in some regions right, until right. the very last second. So, so obviously priorities the, are not. In and, and and regardless of you know the and this is where I think Infantino sort of pushes blame off of himself. And it's like and I think this World Cup did a lot did a lot to sort of. Um, for the business of the sport, given how successful it was, how successful, especially it was in in Australia, they, it was the most watched. Like uh, the the last, I think, Matilda's game was like the most watched uh, uh, football match in like yeah. Australia, like history. Like I think in almost television history or something like that. It was just incredible. But he he sort of uh, um, like I, I want to put the accountability. If he is the FIFA president, then the 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 margins and, and the success. And the metrics for the men's game has to show improvement, but so does the women's game. And the, and failure to to show that growth is on him. And and for as long as he's going to be president, it, it shouldn't be this like, you know, we have men's football is is the standard, and then we have this other thing that we're trying to like build right. up. It's just like no, yeah. we've already had enough. Uh, uh, we've already seen the growth. We've already seen the potential. And if the investment is there, and you can see like you know have some vision and, and, and some foresight, uh, then he should be criticized for any failure that women's football Absolutely. may have. I don't think you cannot go on forever assuming that the women's game will simply thrive despite everything right. and grow, which quite frankly it has in a lot of ways. But I think that if you were going to move the needle, it's happened the most where you've finally seen investment increase across the board for all these other nations. It's not like we're out of the woods here, right? You had Mm -hmm. France, you had Spain, you had Canada, all of them fighting with their FAs and respective governing bodies for all the same reasons that the US women were were rallying and others. It's, It's 2023 and there's still a lot to be rectified for sure, but you can't expect the women's game to grow at the same rate or have the same popularity as the men's side if you're going to continue to stack everything against them and right. then be like, okay, now perform. I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've always said invest more in women's football, uh, uh, but invest more in U.S. women's national team. And then every other team, <laughs> they, have, they have to have less than us. We can't Honestly, be losing like this. One of the greatest errors that we have is legitimately letting that lead that we had yeah. erode Slip, because... Yeah. We were so dominant for so long, and I know a lot of people online were upset when we sort of talked about this before because they're like, oh, American elitism. No, what I'm saying is the U.S. women program, they got out much earlier than a lot of these other women's programs, and they were very good at it, right, which made the U.S. a destination for people to play, okay? It's how we ended up with players like Sydney LaRue, who was Canadian, who came here as a kid to play with mm-hmm. that intention, okay? It used to be that, right? But at some point, we slowed down in our investment of our women and all of the other nations woke up and said, 
ooh, we should do that. Yeah. And now you see all the competition levels rising, which is yeah. a good problem to have for sure. Not great when you want to maintain your dominance as a US side, but that's why it's even more important now that these things like management and- Yeah, yeah, coaching, are, everything. Like, are more directed and looked at in a long term of US identity in terms of football and also what you want the next generations to shape into because you mm -hmm. have this foundational moment again move forward on yeah yeah so look a lot of people especially infantino desperately need to chill out okay <laughs> and they need to chill uh with an ice cold uh course light that's the move because uh that's what we've been doing this whole women's world cup uh and we've been doing that while watching the league's cup as well which uh congratulations Inter Miami well winners done. of the first uh, League's Cup. Before League's Cup started, I would have said there is no way in hell that <laughs> Inter Miami doesn't matter. They could have uh, Messi. They could resurrect Pele. And it, I don't. I just didn't think it would happen because they were so so bad in Major League Soccer. Yep. And still, still. Let's see what happens when we go back into regular right. MLS play before we start. You know, just Messi loses his, before horse or something. Messi loses his League's Cup powers. I don't know. But I really, really, I was pulling for Nashville. I thought they could have this. If anybody I, oh, was going to manage they it, played, they, they played, played very well. Better than anybody. But the, uh, but yeah, so look, congratulations to uh, Lionel Messi, uh, everybody on Inter Miami, the Beckham family uh, uh, was great as well. Uh, but this has been uh, pretty wild. So we, yeah, we've been enjoying it, uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, a nice cold course light. And it's perfect because it now... Uh, you know he can uh, Messi can chill with a nice cool course light and and the 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 mountains are gonna turn blue right there right there and you know just just for Messi <laughs> just for Messi he knows when it's cold enough to drink so uh, this Look summer's at the course it's <laughs> for you <laughs> love it okay we, I didn't even we didn't even ask Christine to great. sing that was I know that but was now, you owe me money now <laughs> now we have to she has to do every single ad read with a a, a, a new jingle for course light. <laughs> Uh, so this summer, stay passionate and stay refreshed with an ice cold Coors Light, the official beer of League's Cup 2023. Get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash Cooligan. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll get back to uh, Women's World Cup stuff because we have some uh, some uh, some tweets, some questions from uh, from the audience that we'll we'll get to. But I, I do just want to react very quickly to the League's Cup final. Nashville, uh, they play at Geodis Park. Uh, and the, the, I, mean, penalty, I mean, penalties in League's Cup have been... There have been so many penalties that I, I can't remember what year of League's Cup... <laughs> 
those penalties happened, and we've only had one league's cup. So, <laughs> so. everything's bleeding together. Honestly, two, like I have women's World Cup. We've yeah, into the league's cup. We've into now Premier League play. There's too many like traumatic memories in for 30 days. You know what I mean? There's too many like in, incredible moments. Messi arriving, uh, uh, crazy games with some of these Liga MX teams. Um, but no, this uh, final uh, we got to give credit to to Nashville because Nashville played into Miami better than any other uh, club in this tournament. And, 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 you know, you would imagine, uh, you know, when, when Busquets got there, um, when, when Messi got there, when Alba got, when they, they had, Messi played his first game and maybe trained once, twice, I think. Yeah, one I or think two they said once center, or twice. So. Right. <laughs> and then, bang, bang, then bangs in that, that free kick to, to, to win the game against Cruz Azul. And then, um, so it only got better over time. We had the game against FC Dallas, which was insane, a 4-4 game, and then they won in penalties. And then uh, Orlando City, and then Philadelphia Union. Uh, but then this – so every team thought they knew what they – they were like, all right, I saw what the last team did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm a this messy guy, they ain't even marking him. So <laughs> I'm going to – Surely and, <laughs> he can't do that to me also. <laughs> And to everyone's surprise, he did. He did do it to them. And uh, but but Nashville, I think, did the best job of just uh, like neutralizing him as much as you they could. They really, really did. But even like League's Cup, the prior match, like Zimmerman had a great match. Mm-hmm. Like it was just there was there's little to be done. And I think that that's that's one of the things that people are missing that are like new to League's Cup, MLS or otherwise. It, he had like four defenders on him. Yeah, yeah. And it's that. like, okay, at which point, it's not that they're simply bad, which I'm sure that if you could watch it, you would just oversimplify it and be like, oh, yeah, they just don't know how to defend, which sometimes, you know, they get caught out. <laughs> but for this match, that just simply wasn't the case. Like, Messi has a way of being messy. He mm-hmm. finds holes, even if it seems microscopic to everybody else, and he'll exploit it. Yeah, I mean, the 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 goal that he scored, I mean, he also, he also hit the post on, on another shot of, like, where, like, Dax McCarty... What's, who that, was, what's who, that post-defensive stat now? <laughs> 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 it's probably better than some of the other players that have yeah. actually faced Messi. <laughs> Well, it was, uh, they brought the post uh, from the U.S.-Portugal game, actually. They put it there. <laughs> so the, the, the post has some experience. Two big uh, saves. From the <laughs> but the, uh, but it, so even the one that he hit the post, it was like, you know, you could tell essentially they were, they weren't man-marking Messi, but they were like, it, it was like mostly Dax McCarty's responsibility, which is uh, also just a great, McCarty, Messi, you know, the battle where you love to see. You just say, you can't even, you don't even think about it. I'm in that sure way. Messi's was, boy, he lost sleep worrying <laughs> but, about Dax McCarty. But Dax, uh, Dax is the homie. Former, former Red Bull great Dax McCarty. Da- Dax was he, like, I think, I think it was like a throw in. And Dax is like looking away for a second because Messi is always walking. He yeah. never moves, right? And then, then he's moving faster than everybody else, right? Um, and, that, and that's why he ended up hitting the post. But the, but the goal was just, you have Walker Zimmerman on him. You have Dax McCarty on him. You have uh, Lovitz, I think, is like about to make a challenge. Every everybody knows. Oh shit! Messi has the ball. We know. We know Listen, what our job like, is. Walker got a bite of it. Walker got a touch to it. Honestly, he got. He did such a great defensive job. Like he 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 hit the 
He, which also just to, to take the ball off of Messi, he's like uh, yeah. the crowd cheered every time Messi lost the ball or 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 somebody <laughs> put they put in the channel and he like they got the ball or he made a bad pass. They're like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yes, we did it. We can't believe it. It actually happened. Lift the trophy now. <laughs> um, but if you if you see that go in slow motion. And there's somebody, uh, um, I think Matt Doyle retweeted it, but there's in, in slow motion, Walker Zimmerman gets just a slight deflection on the ball. And for any normal human footballer, yeah. this would this would this this would put the player in disarray. They'd be like, oh no, I had control, but now it, he yeah. hit the ball and the ball hit off of me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, I don't know what to do next. It looked like Walker Zimmerman played a one-two off of <laughs> Messi's shin yeah. to be like, yo, I'm going to set you up for like a perfect pass. But within like, I mean, within inches of each other. <laughs> so Walker gets a touch on the ball. It hits Messi and it sets the ball up for him perfectly to 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 get the goal and hit the ball around three defenders. It, and, and the goalkeeper... What are you? What is he gonna do? Yeah, he it's, wasn't even in a bad position. He, he was right in the middle. Of it the was. Goal. He was a position. Well, he probably couldn't see the the no, ball like exactly it. when it first t- sort of took flight. But it, it's it's it, it's unexplainable. I mean, the, again, the, the 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 conversation comes up again. We talked about this before. Does Messi being this good make MLS look bad? And and we we ask this question and in 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 jest really. And some people are like. And they, they, they people subtweet us, bro. They do it because uh, some people are like, man, I see people in the media asking if Messi is making MLS. Just at us, bro. At us. Give us engagement. That's all we want, bro. Just- we're we're j- kind of joking around, but-, but also Messi has made every league he's been in look stupid. Yeah. So yeah, why yeah. would MLS be the exception? Like, right. have you yeah. watched the man's career? Like he did it in League <laughs> One. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a um, look. The well, is it going to help or hurt the kind of uh, bias about Major League Soccer? Probably not. Who cares? Both. That, that, yeah. I, it's mean, a, it's, I mean, what do you do? You want to listen, fail here? Like, what's that, the better outcome? No, I, I legitimately think that this is a kind of situation, messy particularly, that is just going to be confirmation bias. Sure. Whatever it is that you wanted to see, you're going to see, and you're going to argue it. That's going to be your hill you you die on, and that's fine. But some of the takes are just absolutely crazy on what Twitter. I refuse to call it. X. <laughs> um, I did take pause though for a minute. I was like, "Am I referring it to the platform in the wrong way?" Right, right, right. I don't care. Uh, but yeah, it's it's whatever they want it to be because you know that's the internet is your oyster. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, the uh, but but uh, look, I, I think this game overall had a intensity. I I, I was anxious watching the game. Oh, yeah, like, the atmosphere. You there are. Come I mean, the TV. again, credit to Nashville because a lot of the a lot of the stadiums that Messi has played in. It's been maybe 50-50. Fans sell yeah. their tickets. Yeah. Um, they get, and then I'll, you see a bunch of pink, pink jerseys uh, in the stands. And there was some of that. There were some people cheering Messi on. But for the most part, it was a hostile environment. Nashville legit is a soccer city. Yeah. And okay. I think that people don't give it enough credit for what it is. I haven't been yet. They're like loud and proud yeah. as a gang. They also have really good players. Like, it's not like Honey that Mukhtar team is great. like a, a sh- like a sh- a side of like nobody's okay like right, right. is amazing you got fafa out there who mm-hmm. fafa will score goals okay like trust in him by all means walker zimmerman um who else like it just it's not yeah no it's a it's a strong Although i side. understand that a lot of people who are new to 
MLS or a League's Cup are going to be like, who's this guy? Right, yeah, right. Like, I mean, now, look, they, we all know probably... Uh, like, Le who's Alex Muller? MLS. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> League's Cup probably wanted uh, Monterrey to have this game. I but mean, for sure, like, Liga Mekis were definitely probably punching air. Right, right, right. Was not the intention. <laughs> yeah, but MLS, this was... I, but I think this, this was the, the tougher matchup for... Miami. I mean, I think they would have gone through uh, Monterrey a lot easier than uh, than Nashville. Uh, yeah. Na Nashville were uh, uh, seriously, they were really amazing, yeah. and they 100. They probably deserved to win this game. Uh, the penalties were just uh, wild. Uh, yeah. uh, and then Messi is a cheat code. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I thought everybody did so well on penalties. Even the younger uh, the younger players it took unbelievably confident penalties. They ended up going to the, the goalkeeper. Drake Calendar was was unreal. Uh, Victor Ulloa, who missed the penalty for Miami, uh, who we've had on the show uh, uh, a couple years ago. Come back on to be like, ha ha, missed that. <laughs> no, but Boy. it's just every time, whenever we have a player on the show and they like like miss a, a shot or miss a penalty, I'm just like, no. Was it, was it you? <laughs> Anybody? I would but. literally just blame my Cooligans. Honestly, I'm gonna put this in my notes right now. Blame Cooligans' so. appearances on all of my we'll life missteps. We'll so uh, no, so remarkable, but, but huge. Uh, I, I'm. I'm curious what the rest of the season looks like for for Inter Miami. Obviously, they have a, a huge, huge mountain to climb to to make it to the playoffs. But they look since Messi has arrived, they have not lost a game. They've been remarkable. So uh, yeah. you you would think that if they can just kind of keep this up, and and if you saw the press conference uh, that he did, he said that he's going to play on turf. Uh, yeah, I saw that. yeah. I'm like, I feel like that's a little bit like your union and crossing the picket line on that one <laughs> because Scab like, messy. How are you, yeah. How are you going to leave your guys down bad? Like nobody wants to play on turf. Nobody should have to play. Oh, on turf so you like think that. he should force them to put grass. Yes. Down. Okay. Like why wouldn't you, nobody's going to tell Messi No, yeah. why wouldn't you use that oh, moment right. to advocate for That's everybody else in the league? And I don't say this only as a person with one leg right now. Yeah. 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 We should turf. mention uh, the Christina. We've gotten confirmation. You have torn your ACL and MCL and both, Miniski. Miniski? Yeah, both. My Miniski. And she's here doing the show for you. Okay? Yeah, never, never, never would leave you guys down bad. Okay. Yeah, so it's an interesting thing. First, I was surprised that he said he was going to play. And then the, but it, it's interesting to use that that like power to kind of for, force the league to. I, I think it's. I don't think that he lacks awareness of his capability to change things on a dime, and so I don't think that it was intentionally malicious in some way to be like, "Hey, I played as a kid on turf. Like we can continue to play on turf, no big deal." But I do think that somebody probably should have gotten in his ear to be like. Hey, bud, this is something that we've been trying to push <laughs> hey, for messy. for a while. Let me, let me, let me whisper <laughs> here. Okay. So that's uh, it. Let's, let me uh, let me come to you on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> like, we need you. We need you to help us out a bit. I that's absolutely. It. Would. It's interesting because when um, Felipe Cardenas uh, asked him in the press conference about like his influence over over the sport in this country, he kind of didn't do that. He didn't do the like. Um, oh, I want to have this the influence Pele had. He's just like, yeah, I just want to come okay, in and play. Okay, so, but like, 
counter, I feel like he is capable of knowing it, but right, right, saying right. it makes him sound a little douchey. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, because because Messi has never really been. He's always been very quiet. A, a public himself, advocate of almost anything. Great, right. Yeah. And like, I don't mind that he doesn't serve as a public advocate. Not every player or person yeah, are yeah. comfortable being in a situation of being, you know, in the spotlight like that. And he's totally comfortable, obviously, being the footballer that he is. I don't want to push on him that he should also be a very loud and proud public advocate. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that with that comes a certain understanding that, you know, you can still do things behind the scenes that would benefit the sure. people in the league that you're in. Messi's just doing little Wakanda forevers. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, look, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the next couple of years are going to look like of, of what influence will he have? Is it, is it simply just, business and more eyeballs or is it actually going to yeah. sort of change maybe other players are going to be like you know just like when beckham arrived and then we got all these new stadiums and new clubs and 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 investment messi is going to change something drastically i don't know if it'll exactly be grass on on at every stadium i do i agree with you but. and i kind of had early on when messi was signed uh, tweeted about how you know i think that messi is going to be the largest impact player since beckham and I got a whole bunch of replies that were like, well, what about this person? What about this person? Like, <laughs> right. No, 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 no. See, you're misunderstanding. <laughs> I'm talking about the massive butterfly effect yeah, of right, their right. coming to MLS, which I do think Messi will, but we're only able to talk about even Beckham's impact in retrospect, right? He took a massive gamble in requesting for the first time ever of a league that he wanted to eventually be an owner mm -hmm. in a league that was still nascent, that you hadn't really seen the results impact revenues from but he still wanted in. And so he either saw something or was an elite level gambler at that juncture in his life that kind of brought us to this, you know, sort of messy mm -hmm. everything that we're seeing, which is fine, right? But I do think for me at least, I'm feeling a bit messy fatigue yeah, just yeah. because everything seems to be about messy and it's overshadowing a lot of players that are super talented that deserve their shine. Mm -hmm. Everything now is about going up against Messi, who's facing Messi, tickets to see Messi. Right, and I right. get it because he's an absolute legend in the making, I'll say, because he's not done with his career yet. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that he still has much to do. But I, I think in a lot of ways it overshadows things that I wish were still getting more coverage than clicks and picks. Mm -hmm. I get it. I, I think maybe, um, you know, we'll see that uh, that light being sort of shined on the league probably after he leaves. Yeah. It, he's going to take up a lot of the spotlight. And I know. Hopefully, For his duration, hopefully, which is... Is great, and I just hope that more of the positivity comes from his playing in the league. He's certainly changing his his the play amongst his teammates. He's definitely making them better. That's something that's clear mm -hmm. and obvious yeah, to yeah. anyone that's watched Inter Miami play in the time before Messi. We're going to call it the BM. B yeah, yeah. <laughs> After Messi, the BM <laughs> bowel movement. I guess. Um. <laughs> We'll workshop that, okay? We're still figuring it out. We don't need to come up and send it out to the, the group. In the before messy times. But yeah, like it's 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 very encouraging to see what his teammates have managed to pick up on. Sure. And, you know, that's the kind of impact that you want, right? Now we just need to figure out how to spread that more evenly over yeah, yeah. the other sides. Because you're not going to get... What like a messy per team? Like that's an impossible task. I, I, I would. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, Clone simply just go out there and blow your budget. Get a one-time generational player. It's not team. that hard. Uh, well, okay. Robert Taylor for MVP. Anyway. Um, <laughs> 
All right, let's get back to uh, Women's World Cup. Uh, let's, uh, let's answer some questions, but I want to uh, pull up this tweet from uh, Gotham FC that just says, uh, says, quote, sure feels nice to have, a world, to have World Cup champions on your team. So now uh, people are like, all right, well, Spain just won. They tweeted this right after Spain won. They currently do not have any uh, Spanish player on their team. Uh, that that well, I don't I don't know if they have a Spanish player that's not on the World Cup roster, but they it, it implies that they have signed a player that is on this uh, World Cup roster on Spain, and everybody's like, "Yo, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why? <are> you, <laughs> can you just say who it is? What's going on?" So I guess the expectation is we should be hearing soon. So and then they tweeted back after the always proud of. Ali, Ali, Kelly, and Ash, you know, which is very like cheeky. Right. If they do not have big news to drop, that's like, hey, we figured out. We've got like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because this is not, yeah, the second tweet uh, uh, saying who they're, that is not, uh, I I, I guess I thought they were, they they tweeted that because people were thinking that they weren't acknowledging the World Cup winners that they already have on the team. I don't know. To me, it sounds very vague to begin with. Okay. It feels nice to have World Cup champions on your team and then gets everybody like, frothing at the mouth yeah. like they're what? playing with us and they're then being like hey yeah we're always proud of Ali. they Ali, had Kelly, to know that this was something people would think if that is that they think that they're referring to a spanish player on or, their current team, or they were just trying to get the wild clicks up today okay are baiting everybody hey, i don't know, you know because i don't know i mean less a few of the liga mx feminine players you think they're going to pull a Barca or Real off that squad? That's I right. That's I don't know. I mean, like the, the first name, the, the, the names that come to mind, I'm like, all right, Gotham, like who, who are we getting? Are we picking yeah, whoever yeah. we want? I mean, I guess we'll find out in due time if they were just like, you know, dangling the right. cheese in front of the mouse there. I, it, but. You know, the, the, the transfer market in the women's game is getting a lot more competitive. There's a lot yeah. more money being invested. Um, the, you know, so... Like players, obviously, you know, like, but it, like that would be a heck of a ledge to be like, hey, yeah, potentially going from Barca Champions League to Gotham. Sure. I mean, you would have to argue. And in that regard, I mean, I still feel NWSL is the most competitive league in the world. I mean, the even. I don't know if it's. Maybe. I feel like it's changed a lot since the pandemic. I feel like they okay. lost a bit of maybe. their grip on the world, especially since WSL popped off. And, uh, but I'm basing. I'm basing La Liga it, Femenil. Uh, uh, look, but La Liga is do- absolutely dominated by uh, Bar- by Barca. Really, it completely dominated. So the, as far as the competitiveness within the league and the parity between the clubs, mm-hmm. it's not as good as NWSL. NWSL. From game to game, this is why you you don't really know who's, who's gonna win. Some teams, there's not outside of like the thorns and maybe the couple years of like the courage, you really didn't know who's gonna like uh, win a right. game. But if you're watching Barca play almost anybody in La Liga, yeah, it's probably that, so. That's why I mean, as far as competitiveness, I feel like, but that kind of matches one to one with their men's leagues. That's just kind of how even La Liga was. Oh sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's not too much of a difference. Same thing with Serie A Femenile. Like Juventus have been the most winning mm-hmm. side and, you know, Juve had the same history and they kind of branch off off of that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like NWSL has made great leaps and bounds. Right. And I say that as a formerly known as Sky Blue supporter right. who had people <laughs> literally living and working out of office trailers. OK, yeah, yeah. like things changed a lot, but there's still much to do. And I think that in the same respect, a lot of these uh, European leagues 
are investing faster yeah. than we are in NWSL, mm -hmm. and we're going to start lagging for that same reason. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. So the uh, so the, I want to get to a couple questions uh, before we wrap up. The uh, so we got some questions from uh, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Anibal, Anibal at, <laughs> at Latin Heat, the homie. He said, uh, "Favorite team of the tournament, and why was it Colombia?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, can, I have so much to think about in this. In, no, Caicedo made this her tournament for sure. She showed out. I think that if anything, more broadly in this World Cup, you got like the rise of the teenagers and they are they're built different. Yeah, they are yeah. wildly impressive and they are only just getting started. I can't even fathom playing in a World Cup as a teenager. I was lucky if I knew how to match my socks at that point. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, my favorite team, um, I mean, it's obviously, look, I'm probably going to say US or whatever out of just like, uh, <laughs> like I, I, when it comes to favoritism, but I think um, Colombia had the, were probably the most, I don't know, surprising, at least to me, um, as far as I, I did not expect those kinds of performances from them. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's honestly, it's a it's a very strong tie between Colombia and Australia. I also did not expect that mm -hmm. much from Australia, but the, the, the story for the Matildas was beautiful. And seeing the country uh, uh, support them so much and they, I, I follow them on Instagram and then like the, they, they did like, you know, uh, they were talking about like when they were walking through uh, like, you know, different uh, whether airports or, or malls or whatever. People used to be like, uh, oh, well done. Well done until well done. Like just a little like a little tip of the cap kind of thing. And then after like the after like the second or third game, people started stopping them and saying, thank you so much for everything that you do for the country and stuff like that. And that was just beautiful to hear. That stuff makes me such a mush. Yeah, like I yeah. really, it's the stuff that makes me <laughs> cry, but we had like a lot of really good romantic underdog stories this mm -hmm. World Cup. I I was rooting for Japan. They are by no means the underdog. Mm -hmm. They they play beautifully. They're very composed. I had them winning the group, which they did. And I thought they had progressed beyond Spain even. So I was wrong there. But I also fell in love with the Jamaica team. Sure. They had so much heart. And again, a side that was at odds with their FA who had simultaneously running GoFundMes just to be at this tournament. They had uh, their advocate, Sadella Marley, who also is a benefactor of the team to ensure yeah. that they get through. You, do you interview her? Yeah, yeah, yeah she that. is one of the most delightful human beings I've been able to talk to. Mm -hmm. And even she in this year, you know, we kind of asked her like, what, what, what's your plan to ensure that the FA actually pay the girls this time around? Because both they and Nigeria had obviously been paid by FIFA, but the Fed never distributed the monies to the actual players. Yeah. And she kind of just said, no, I'm, I'm going to make sure that they pay out this time. The whole world is watching yeah. and just having to be in that position, but also using her broad platform to be able to get that done for those players, especially since, as she mentioned, you know, Jamaica are still catching on as a people to support the women's mm -hmm. side. It's, she said, you know what, like they'll get there eventually in their fandoms, yeah. but I'm going to continue to support this team, like, you know, with my whole chest all the way through. Yeah. I saw there, there was some uh, FIFA executive. Um, I don't know who it was. Uh, I know it was a woman, but uh, the, basically the quote was just like, 
that they're she's going to make sure the players receive their money in their bank accounts. Yeah. Is it, which is like it's just so such a is that pushing the door? Are we pushing <laughs> yeah, the door we, hard enough? Are we pushing it? Wait, no, wait. Did you did you ask did the you right ask, way? Did you ask did you convince men to make sure it goes into their bank accounts? Right. Why do we <laughs> Did you ask properly and at the right time? And also is that the right thing to ask for? Like you only get three wishes like a genie. So like make sure you get that in. Um, uh, the, the next question yeah. the next question was what was your favorite game of the tournament? Which is an issue. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking through the, the, the results of some of these games, and, and it prob. I mean, for me, the, uh, it's, it's kind of obviously a little, uh, sad for New Zealand, but that Philippines game, the one nil, uh, the one nil win. Yeah. Uh, I that was uh that was one of my favorite. That was, I mean, what an upset! What a a wild kind of uh, uh result. The, also, the game. Uh, Colombia Germany the win against Germany was yeah. another one I was just like what we this just- World Cup we we were spoiled because we got a lot of really good matches but I think that for me I have to go with the final this just was okay masterclass like yeah. just the way that Spain even moved with the ball well, after losing 4-0 to Japan, I did not think Spain would come I back. Was say, that was actually my favorite game. The okay. Japan. Yeah. I loved watching Japan. They were just so exciting. Yeah, Japan the are so, so good. And I don't understand why people don't hype them more. Like, it's, yeah. it's kind of confounding to me. It, they have been sort of the U.S.'s com- contemporary. They've been World Cup winners. They've been World Cup finalists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, you know, sort of have been concurrently running where this level of ex- excellence is expected. So... Uh, for me, Japan were my early, very early, early pick before I wanted to come to terms with the fact that mm-hmm. the U.S. were getting bounced. Right. I I, uh, <laughs> I always enjoy games with a lot of like drama and storylines. And obviously the Nigeria England one was also yeah, that was the, a good one. The, the stamp her around the world. So <laughs> but Nigeria was so good. Close, yeah, though. The I wanted Nigeria to win that so badly. Yeah. You have no idea. Great. Uh, great game. I mean, it's, it's nice to reminisce on this stuff. These were these were really fun moments. Uh some of the other questions. Let's see. Um, oh, this is a good one from Claudia Berger uh, at Claudia E. Berger said, what player is most likely to secure the bag following their performance in the tournament? Good question. I mean, we, we spoke about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, my, we sort of said basically like Linda Kai said is definitely uh, yeah. a shoe in for uh, a bag receival, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bag reception. Okay, expedite uh, <laughs> the bag. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, but then uh, after the final, you also have to say um, uh, Salma Parayuelo, uh, who was r- remarkable coming off the bench. Um, just what a, th- a a threat every single time she uh, had the ball. And uh, yeah, so that that's the first person that came to her. Yeah. She, obviously, she won the young player of the of the World Cup award. Uh, she has won the U seventeen, the what is U twenty, and uh, and the senior yeah. World Cup uh, consecutively. I think yeah, I think the in terms of collecting the bag, I, I think that all our eyes are going to be on the teenagers this uh, World Cup. I think you're going to see them get a boost, probably also in like sponsorship and otherwise moving Bad forward. Down. You don't really make a splash at a World Cup and not have anybody. You got to be careful, though, because Carly Lloyd is going to say, hey, they care more about <laughs> other stuff than winning. I don't know. How dare you? <laughs> can't, can't, can't just be, you know, sponsoring stuff. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, the, uh, Let's do one more. We got time for one more. Okay, one more. Right. The uh, Okay, this is a good one. This is from Jillian Fairchild. Um, they ask, how psyched are you to see another 
to see another media provider come in to make the future World <laughs> Cup coverage less crap. And where do you, don't talk about Telemundo like that. <laughs> and where do you see room for growth uh, to lead the analysis and uh, cultural coverage uh, going forward? Hire the Cooligans, obviously. <laughs> uh, think CBS would be up for it. Obviously, this is more directed at you, given that you work uh, at CBS. Uh, um, but I mean, in general, so let's. I mean, we can uh, wrap here as far as like how obviously they're talking about um, Fox and Fox Sports. Uh, how they cover the the World Cup. I mean, when it comes to World Cups, and Fox has been very direct about this, they are they're not trying to talk to the people that are rabid soccer fans. I mean, right. that that's fairly obvious. It is trying to introduce pe- every four years, been trying to introduce people to the game, kind of hold their hand through it. Um, and so, I think for people like us that obviously are obsessed with the game and know it inside and out, this is it's frustrating for. You know, people like us that 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 are really uh, into the game, and because the uh, a lot of the you know you go to halftime, you do post game, and the talking points are not about tactics, they're not about how they played and and stuff like that. It is simply who scored the goals, uh, what did if what did their performances make me feel like? You know, like yeah, th- that's kind of always the, the 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 trying to find talking points rather than an analysis of the game. Um, and it's not for everybody. It, it's definitely not for us. I mean, it, that's how it is. And, and they've been pretty uh, upfront about it. And yes, it, you know, we can we make jokes and, and about Lalas and Lloyd and whatever. We, we a lot of people just don't agree with their opinions and whatever. And, and you know, th- and that, that's it. We, we're allowed to like disagree with people. Um, but when it comes to I mean, the question about like, would CBS be up for it? Of course. I mean, why, why wouldn't yeah. they? Every who doesn't want. I will broadcast the World Cup yeah. if you want. Although I would say, <laughs> like, I, I don't think that I could possibly have an unbiased opinion, but CBS, Paramount Plus have far and wide doing, doing a much better job of broadcasting for just like world football in general, especially if you watch our Champions League coverage, which yeah, is just which like is the gold standard. The most this fun point, of yeah. all fun. But I just think that with the way that they've approached the production of every single aspect of football broadcast and otherwise, whether in studio or out, it's just meticulous. So there's definitely a very high bar and an expectation set at CBS that I think would serve World Cups well. Without a doubt. And, and it says something about, uh, especially in those Champions League broadcasts, look, it's, it's there's analysis, there's humor, there's, right. it, there's lightheartedness. But then I think it what really kind of... Uh, you know, kind of hits a nail on the head and shows that people appreciate it is when the players go to the desk and start talking to uh, to either either Kate or Thierry Micah or Micah or Jamie, or Jamie. Yeah. and then you see how fun the players are. Like, oh, if it was uh, Alexi Lalas and you imagine if someone started dancing, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, That's the last all. thing that you want is to try to like convince or wrangle players to come talk to you. So having it the other way around is like a great problem <laughs> right, to right, have, right? right. right? Yeah. There, there are people that you want to talk to, they're eager to. They'll give them like high fives off the sideline in between doing warm-ups, which is just, it's nice because it, it proves that as an aside from being very good at their jobs, especially that yeah. Champions League crew, that they're genuinely good people. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, look, that it w- would be that we the next World Cups, men's and women's. Uh, there's no broadcaster yet. We don't know who it's gonna be. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of bids. 
I can't even imagine the amount of money. It's going to be in uh, 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 the men's World Cup is going to be in the U.S. The women's World Cup is rumored to possibly be in uh, in in a Concacaf region. Um, so it's going to be crazy. So who knows how they'll determine that? They'll just like blindfold you and spin yeah. the, the globe. Spin the globe. Throw a dart at the globe. Yeah, exactly. I think this is this is how you. D- <laughs> This is nice. This to seems determine, like a good conflict area to plug to down. To determine the World Cups, we should do what what Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg want to do and fight in like an in octagon. The Roman <laughs> okay, women's World Cup. I mean, I'd be okay with the World Cup in Italy. We should like, have the billionaires from these you know media conglomerates fight <laughs> for the World Cup. I Why? want to see Alexi Lalas. <laughs> Everyone just line out the door to fight him. Bro. Let's do it. Why not? Like make the make the bid a part of the. Entertainment, you know, <laughs> we're, lo- we're losing money. Put leaving money on the table. Um, <laughs> Listen, we might release the lions afterward. Okay, <laughs> no promises. Uh, all right, let's wrap up there. Everybody, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us uh, for these uh, 30, 31 days. I don't even remember how long we've been doing this, but it has been a hundred years. Um, <laughs> it, it, we, we've been doing daily episodes. Uh, obviously, Alexis, uh, you know, we, uh, has missed the, the last four or five. Uh, you know, he was he had to go on a trip uh, to Germany. Uh, yeah, Alexis's great a family, adventure. <laughs> family thing. Uh, him and his wife, uh, but. This is, uh, you know, I'll I'll end here with this. Uh, This World Cup has been, um, we did this for the Men's World Cup, and it was, like, challenging in itself, doing episodes every day. Obviously, we're stand-up comics, and we're trying to be somewhat taken seriously in this industry. (laughs) We we do our best uh, to try to, uh, you know, provide some sense of levity and also uh, some analysis that you don't just call us uh, idiots uh, online for. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's hard to do. Sometimes people just want to call anyone an idiot. Exactly. So you can't even take it seriously. So, uh, but the, you know, the, the, the idiot to uh, intelligent sort of ratio or like complementary ratio has been better. So um, we're not called idiots too much. But um, so we did this for the Men's World Cup and it was, you know, challenging uh, the the odd hours of the games, recording every single day. Obviously, it's not difficult getting everybody together and doing all this stuff, uh, editing, uh, all this other stuff. And then uh, doing this for the Women's World Cup where the hours were even tougher. And then I also have uh, a baby at home. So I'm like feeding a baby while watching some of these games at, at 4 a.m. and stuff like that. But this has, uh, you know, we, we cover women's soccer uh, from time to time where we have players or we, we talk NWSL or, you know, here, here and there. But we've never done this for a whole month. I'm literally just focusing on the women's game. And this is why it's also great to have like attacking shows like Attacking Third on, uh, on Paramount Plus and, and just it, it's becoming more a part of daily life, just talking about women's soccer, women, women's football. But doing this every single day has definitely, uh, you know, uh, given me just a different perspective and just being so ingratiated in it every single day, talking about all the stories, uh, all all the comments from uh, whether on TikTok, on Instagram, like so many people being uh, so supportive and appreciative of the fact that we're just talking about uh, the women's game, even though. There's a, whole, a bunch of stuff going on. Premier League started anyway. They didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> League's Cup is going on. They're like, oh, Women's World Cup. Okay, we got another tournament that we're going to be doing uh, at the same exact time. But it's, uh, it, it's just, I don't know, it, I don't know, get too emotional. But it's just like the, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. And it's been like really, it, it's allowed me to have a new appreciation for um, the game in a different way. Even from like, 
I, I'm I'm a comic, but even from from a journalistic perspective, I'm like really trying to analyze these games every day. I didn't get everything right every single time because the games nobody, are at, nobody does. At, they're at four a.m. <laughs> and you don't even remember what the lineup was. What I, day I, was that? So we're, we're we're trying our best. But I really, I just want to say thank you to everybody who like tuned in. People, you know, there's some people who listen to every single episode. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, and doing stuff like this is, is I, I hope it's meaningful to the people who are listening, but it's meaningful to uh, us who get to kind of, uh, who are creating it as well. Cause I think it's good because my, this is actually my unbiased opinion. Uh, the Cooligans, you guys have been so good at bridging gaps in that way because you can take a comedic angle on some very serious things, but also the women's side should be covered more broadly as a normal thing, sure. right? It shouldn't be the exception to the rule. But as an aside, it's nice to have your eyes open to and also the gratitude from more broadly the women's soccer community, which is very, very big. Yeah. It's very, very passionate. It's very, very loud. And they will absolutely hold every single person near it accountable. And I appreciate them for that. It's a very unique community. Yeah. So to see that, you know, some of them had reached out that you've maybe yeah, picked yeah. up some additional like Generally, is it's a not, wonderful thing. It's not the women's soccer community calling us idiots and fat and uh, <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> I gotta be honest, it isn't. So y'all, y'all are dope. <laughs> y'all are pretty cool. Really appreciate <laughs> the the love and support. But yeah, with the overlap of a women's World Cup, you have that community, and then you also have the casuals that maybe feel less hesitation to kind of get on yeah. board. Because you're not, you know, turning your nose up at them. Sure, sure. No, so this has been great. I mean, um, you know, we're, we are st we always uh, stick with our commitment to like, we're just talking about the game. It's not, it's not uh, specifically about uh, men or specifically about Do you hear uh, that, women. Infantino? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you know, our our mission statement is always has always been to just kind of highlight uh, the player and show uh, their personalities and laugh and joke because we never get to see players on comedy shows being like loose sort of versions of themselves. Yeah. And uh, so we're trying our best to continue to do that. But this has been uh, just a, a great thing. You know, shout out to everybody who joined us uh, th throughout the month. We had so many incredible guests. Shout out uh, Christine Cooper always coming through. Um, we, we, Meg Linehan, uh, uh, Doug McIntyre. Uh, we have Rosie Melissa White, Ortiz, Melissa Rosie Ortiz. White, everyone. Uh, We're every, definitely uh, forgetting some people, but yes, apologies. Meg Reyes. Uh, um, uh, yeah, Meg Reyes as well. Uh, just Awesome. We, we got to make some really, really great episodes and really, really learn a lot uh, about um, uh, not only the specific teams, the specific countries, uh, but just really just been an awesome, awesome experience. So I just wanted to make sure I highlighted that and shout out to every uh, again. Uh, uh, Gully Squad. Uh, I mean, the, the we have our, our Patreon uh Please, if uh, you are interested in, in joining uh, just another really vibrant community of really awesome people, uh, page, uh, you know, patreon.com slash soccercoolians. We have a, uh, a, a Slack channel of just literally the best people. And when it comes to just the, uh, whether it's literally just like, commenting about a game that's currently happening or whether it's people who are uh, traveling on away days and always look out for each other and support each other. And it has like nothing to do with us. It's just like the, the people always look after each other uh, in it as well. So uh, it, it's, it's a, you know, we, we are been part of this soccer community for a long time. And it's just great to see it uh, grow to what it's sort of become. And, and even within, within our little community, it's been just uh, life-changing and really, really inspiring. So thank you to everybody uh, who's tuned in. We will be off for a week. Uh, yes. So just uh, just uh, taking a break, taking a break. We'll be back um, August 28th. So we'll be uh, out for a week to recover. 
um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to look at my son in the eyes again uh, <laughs> instead of staring at the screen uh, <laughs> watching World Cup. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we're going to have a much needed break and we'll be back August 28th. Uh, again, we'll continue to bring the heat uh, as usual. So sorry we'll for posting, this long. I was just going to say, we'll be posting new stuff too next week. So stay in our YouTube feed, stay in the podcast yeah, yeah. feed. There'll be some not gonna be uh, bonus stuff dropping. Yeah, uh, so be on the lookout. All right, everybody. Thank you so much from everybody on the Cooligans team, Meadowlark Media, the Lebetard family. Uh, we're all very grateful for, uh, for tuning in. And again, shout out to uh, Christine Kupo. Uh, Christine, uh, let everybody know where to follow you. Uh, Twitter at C Kupo, uh, Miss Kupo on IG. I, I don't know if I even have threads anymore, but yeah, those are good. <laughs> those are good. I, I can't keep up anymore. Well, but yeah, regularly on the Galazzo Network on Paramount Plus. Uh, so we'll see what's ahead. Okay. And uh, I hope the knee recovery goes well. But. Yeah, that too. I forgot in that moment. I'm like, I don't know. You also may see me on my sofa. We'll, we'll see. Now, I, I, uh, hopefully I recover from this terrible triad. All we'll right. See. You'll, be, you'll be back uh, screaming at people on the pitch in no time. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know my love language. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll see you back on August 28th. Peace, everybody.